been 180 days now since I last saw Dan. Uh, I don't know where he's gone. I'm running out of food. I've resorted to eating old notes. His collection of SNES games. Not a lot of nutritional value there. I'm just not sure how long I can carry on for. You know, we've missed all the big game release seasons. All the news we could have talked about. I think this is it. Could be the end. Gus? Is is that you? Dan? Where have you been? I've been waiting for you. Um, we we just we just stopped doing it. I thought I thought after Ep two we thought we can't get any better than this. Let's call it a day. Well, you you could have told me. I've been waiting in the studio for six months. This is true. This is true. And now I see you here. I'm reminded reminded of the good times that we had during those two episodes. So I mean I'm here and you're here. So it makes sense that. We'll do episode three! Let's crack on! So Angus! Yes! We're back! We're back! Back for the third episode in what may well be this the greatest be podcast in the universe. The greatest podcast comeback story don't in call, the universe. Don't call it a comeback. Well, I've been here for years. <laughs> I have been around. And round, round, get around. You've been around. And then I get around some more. Yeah, well, and we know. what I don't do when I'm getting around is play video games. No. Let's. Do, do you want to have a, a quick look at some of the video games that we missed since the last one? And you can give us a little bit of a review of what you thought of all of these games. Okay, so, so we, last episode was in August. August? Yeah. In August. August. Yeah, let's see what we've missed. Go okay. on, hit me, hit me some titles. Recore. Dirt. Criminal Girls 2, Party Favours. Great name. Dirt. Forza Horizon 3. Dirt. Mafia 3. Dirt. 100 foot robot golf on the PlayStation VR. Sounds interesting. Not played it. Gonna say it's dirt. Duke Nukem 3D 20th Anniversary Edition World Tour. Almost certainly dirt. Gears 4. Dirt. WWE 2K17. So much dirt. Ace Banana. That's... What? Battlefield 1. Dirt. Civilization 6. Dripping with dirt. Farming Sim 2017. Dirt by its very nature. <laughs> Titanfall 2. Dirt. Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. Call of the Dirt. <laughs> Dishonored 2. Just so much dirt. Watch Dogs 2. Watch this dirt. Killing Floor 2. Kill the dirt. Final Fantasy 15. Final dirt. Steep. Dirt? Last Guardian. No, it's dirt. <laughs> Dead Rising 4. Probably dirt, not played it. Is that all? Well, that's all from 2016. There's probably been some more this year, but I, I didn't have time to get the list of games from January and February. Okay, well, no. In, in all seriousness, there have been many game releases since our last podcast, and I even played a few of them, and they're not all dirt. They're just mostly dirt. But then I've been going through something of a crisis of faith when it comes to video games yeah. of late. Um, yeah. Maybe it's best you talk about some of the games that you've played on that list and what you think about them. And... If I've experienced them and the experience wasn't wholly bad, I might chip in and, and lend you a little bit of yeah. my expertise and wisdom. Do you want to just then leave and then come back when I'm done? Because yeah. I think we all know what your opinion was. Anyway, what I've played on this list, I played Forza Horizon 3, which we've both played. We've both played. And it's a superb, superb racing game. It's fun. It's it's kind of serious enough, but without being too serious. And it's got these ridiculous game modes where you're trying to crash into each other and there's zombie cars. And you can just take a massive engine and stick it in a tiny, tiny three-wheel and smash it into the side of a 
somebody's fancy Lamborghini and it's, it's fine. It's, I think any game that lets you stick a massive engine in a tiny freewheeler yeah, you know, you is can, a good game. You can Also sounds like a rampant sexual euphemism. <laughs> yes. Sticking stick a giant tar- engine in yeah. your freewheeler. Yeah, 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 exactly. So that, that's, a, that's a really great game. I've also got the Blizzard Mountain expansion in, which is more great game with the addition of snow and it means you can basically just drive everywhere sideways. Super fun. So that's a great game. I, I, I have enjoyed my time with Forza. Yes. It's... I prefer kart racing games yeah. because they allow me to drive like a mania uh, and get away with it. Yeah, Whereas it, games, you know, like Gran Turismo, your Forzas, they're a little bit too true to life for me. Yeah, and that they punish your driving style quite, quite harshly. They do, but like you said, I mean, it, I think it toes the line really well because it does give you that that element of fun. There are those yeah. game modes where it's less serious and it's more just about you know mucking about, mucking about. That's what games are about. Exactly. about mucking about. You got that's what's happened. You see, you lost the joy in mucking about i lost that loving feeling you lost that loving feeling to be fair some of the games on this list and i think are are fairly joyless like battlefield one competent uh exciting challenging but but a bit joyless and a bit like bit could be a bit of a grind i mean i'm a huge fan of battlefield games i thought battlefield one was great while i played the beta but i could see why some people might not be into that i I think i think a lot of fps games are suffering from i think joyless is the right way to describe them because it's just the same stuff over and over yeah. again. And yes, they look better. And yes, there's some tweaks. You know, it's, it's evolution rather than revolution. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why you would change such a winning formula when it's making you so much money. I think but it's difficult to innovate as well on that. It boils down to walking about and shooting dudes. I think that's why Overwatch when he came in was was you know was embraced so so openly by people is because it was yes it's 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 a tried and tested FPS but it offered enough of a change yeah yeah it's not really so much about the shooting it's more about how you work together with the team and the shooting is it's not about being a twitch shooter it's not about being having the fastest aim because you know there are characters out there who don't care if you shoot them no it's all about sort of team composition a little bit more of a maybe a slightly rpg party system type thing a little bit yeah i mean a lot of people talk about mobas which i've never played and i don't understand so i'm not going to talk about that because i'll sound like an old man well i think you both of us suffer from that malady anyway but yeah i think you're right i think obviously you know blizzard are very intelligent they clearly looked at what was happening with games like moba Mm -hmm. and they sort of jammed the systems maybe of moba into a tried and tested formula that's way more accessible to people yeah exactly and i think that's why it's been so successful yeah so so that's a superb game but anyway we get a little bit off topic we we digress uh titanfall 2 i I didn't play that you didn't i wanted to play it but i've heard very good things i've heard good things about it uh gears 4 we've Gears 4 we played. Gears 4 is a brilliant game. The story is uh, pointless. It's it, I don't know. I didn't even finish the story, but I, my I god, horde mode. Horde mode. So it's all about. I I've, I've I've really enjoyed my time with the horde mode. It's good, honest fun. You know how much I like fun and horde mode we is do. fun. And you know the competitive multiplayer. We played it in our games group. I wouldn't go online with it because I'm just nowhere near good enough. But in a game for generating interfriend heat. That is a superb one because really you are going to swear more than you've ever sworn before and you are going to scream and you're going to shout and you're going to invent new swear words and it's going to be a beautiful, wonderful thing. It's a great way to make friends hate each other for, for that period that they're playing. I love it. Superb. It's a, that's a great game. The interesting thing, like uh, just to, to, to stick with Gears 4 for a second and the fact that the campaign is is so underwhelming, I think it's really interesting right now that the campaigns of you know these AAA titles, the same thing happened with me with Halo 5, is that they're just 
just it's diminishing returns you know this expectation to to release a big tentpole game from a series you know every couple of years it's almost damaging because yes on the one hand you want innovation and you want it to offer something new that you might not have experienced in the last in, in the last title in the series but at the same time it feels like that the narrative is the last thing that they think of one of the things i heard about titanfall 2 though was that the story was actually excellent yeah and was i think that... that's i think that's why why it's been you know reasonably successful and i think it's been I think Titanfall 2 was in danger of just disappearing in the pack. Yeah. Because... Well, it was it was imminently released. I think it was released between Battlefield 1 and the new Call of Duty. Exactly, So yeah. if it didn't have anything else to stand out from it, the multiplayer was fun from Titanfall. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's a, you know, a welcome entry, around. but... but it had that little addition of a, a little short campaign. And what they didn't do is drag the campaign on for too long. I no, think. it was, know, it was very went, respectful Here we go, short, it's sweet, we've got a good story, we've got some good mechanics, some, some good level design, that kind of thing. And that may, may, makes me wonder about the, the new most famous piece of vaporware, Half-Life 3 or Half-Life Episode 3. Have they not released it because they wouldn't be able to do it justice? I think narrative storytelling in games is getting to a really interesting point now because in the the never-ending argument of games as art and where which can what base does it fill as as an artistic medium because you know that it's not games aren't films and they're certainly not books. They offer this dynamic experience that is completely interactive. But at the same time, they're so close to that that cinematic yeah. storytelling. How do you frame this exciting medium in a way that allows it to tell tried and tested stories? And you know, I think I think there are a lot of games out there right now that are straddling this concept. Uh, I think Uncharted does it really well because yeah. it, it knows it wants to tell a cinematic story. In fact, it borrows very heavily from cinema. It, yeah. And, it, and it's okay with that. I've never played any of them because I've never had a PlayStation, so well, they're well, outside my area. But I, from what I've seen, they look like a right old rip-roaring yarn. You know, you got your adventurer, yeah, it's, you it's got your wise-cracking guy. It's Indiana Jones does the gaming in generation. Yeah, it doesn't pretend, pretend to be... That it's anything other than an action movie, uh, an adventure play. movie that you can play. It's not trying to have long, branching narratives and all kinds of different things or huge amounts of open world freedom. In some cases, giving too much freedom is a problem because you're yeah, like, well, I don't know what to do. And I mean, everything's I really heavily it, diluted. I think it was with regard to The Witcher 3 and it was basically saying that when you have a storyline and especially a storyline where, you know, the big bad is a world-ending event, it really takes away the jeopardy from it where you can take five hours out from the game to try and build your own house or to learn yeah, another language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an interesting concept. That was a superb game though as well, Witcher 3. We probably talked about it before. I don't remember what we talked about last time because it was such a long time ago. I don't think our listeners I've, I've remember suffered from, from brain damage as resulting from not being able to eat enough living in the studio for the past <laughs> six months. Um, so oh, yeah, narrative so, storytelling in games, I think. I think it's exciting. I'm really excited this year to see what happens with storytelling in games. Yes. So yeah. See what there is. Uh, also, I want to just talk for about 10 seconds about Steep. Okay. Which is a big open world mountain game where you could ski and snowboard. And I love skiing and I thought it was a very good representation of skiing. I didn't care about snowboarding or base jumping or whatever. That's garbage. But skiing in Steep. Was good. Okay, it looked why? beautiful. Let me let me try know. and they tease got, they, out. Some... They got the feel of it right. I think the way that you move. Because I've played some other skiing games, and they've never really got the feel of what skiing's really about. I mean, they didn't nail it exactly, but they they sort of captured quite a lot of the feel of it. The better. essence of skiing. Because no one's ever really done that before. There's been tons and tons of snowboarding games. Uh, no one's made a skiing game. No. So. 
So Steep's good. Gets Steep the, gets the Gus Fusi. Yeah, approval. yeah. I would buy it if I found it in a bargain bin. I don't <laughs> wanna, High I don't, praise indeed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I got other things I need to play. You see, okay. I'm not made of money. We all have to choose our titles carefully exactly. in this day and age. Yeah, so that's that, basically. Okay, well, I'm going to chip in there and say that on this list of 2016 games that have been released during our absence, let me pick one. Let me see. Last Guardian. There we go. Hype trains. Hype uh, trains. Boop, boop. Into the station. 100 years of development behind it. Was it Vaporware for a while? Who knows? Maybe it was. What do you think, Dan? Smash. I think The Last Guardian is a funny old game. Because on the surface, it looked like the game that... It looked like the kind of game that I would adore. You know, it's got this very artistic and, again, you know, cinematic story that it wants to tell. Yeah. On the surface, it, it you know, it, it was selling it as telling this story for a very game-driven dynamic. Mm-hmm. And that, that's only a good thing because games are games. Yeah. And the setup was great. I really, I, I thought to myself, if they can get the AI to work on the monster, on, on Trico, then we could be on to something very special. Now, the problem is that that wasn't the case. <sighs> and the AI often trips up and is late. Not lazy, but just doesn't do what you want it to. And when that happens, the game becomes a maddening, maddening experience. And that's a massive shame because... When the game soars, it really soars. There are moments that you you know, you know, can't help but completely captivated by it. The problem is, most of the time, you're not soaring, you're under the clouds, and you're just getting more and more upset by Skimming this Skimming over Milton Keynes, yeah. looking at the depressing city below. That's not to say it's a bad game. No, I think it looks fantastic. Um, when it plays well, it plays really well. I think the yeah. story is well told. It's... I just think it's a wasted opportunity. It's kind of that thing that happens with AI companions in games where they're either sort of incredibly gung-ho and get themselves killed or they're retarded and get themselves killed or they they make poor decisions or they don't help you when you need it and they charge off into the enemy and it's like, well, I, or you have to defend a, a vulnerable character who likes walking into gunfire or crowds of goblins or whatever and it's like, don't put this in a game unless the person I'm defending is smart enough to hide well it's, it's the thing is unless it's... the character is a total idiot and that's the part of the yeah, part that... of the game but still if that is the case don't do that because now, that's not fun there, there, have, there have been so many instances of bad ai that it seems a little ridiculous to say you know what this ai problem that everyone seems to be struggling with let's create a game where that's that is the core fundamental mechanic. so that yeah that's in my eyes is why the last guardian suffered do we so, need yeah. to talk about ai in games at some point in the future because there's be... games that have been lauded for their good AI and games that have been vilified for their poor AI. Rightly so. Um, is that something that we need to look into and talk about on future podcasts well, in the next, next edition, six months' time? Let's let's put it to our listeners. If you think we should talk about in-game AI, AI in our next episode, tweet us at, at SuperDudeQuest. We'll be here listening. And if you've got any examples, what you think is extra good or extra bad, and we'll do some very limited research into that. Yeah, we can promise you limited research and <laughs> and we'll talk, sketchy and we'll news. talk ill-informedly about it. Yes, that's what we do here at Smash Talk. Yeah. Um, okay, let, let's let, let's continue. What's yes. on this list? What's on the list? New new games imminently released or re- been released lately. What are we playing now? What are we playing now? Uh, I am playing now uh, Final Fantasy Fifteen. Final Fantasy Fifteen. Again, was on it's, the not, list. it's not particularly a new game, but it's new to uh, us. It's new. It's new to me. I've only just got round to playing it. Um, I'm only about two hours into it. 
And what I will tell you is this. It's a boy band simulator. It's a boy band simulator where you... A boy band map. <laughs> basically, you have to form a boy band, yeah. tour the country. Killing monsters. Killing groupies that try and break the band apart. And you know, that's what groupies are always trying to do. Break up that band of brothers. It's the Yoko effect. Now, I've got a question about it. Final Fantasy has been famously sort of roots in this weird pseudo turn-based combat. That was like the Final Fantasy thing since forever. That's what it was. And Active time this battles. has binned it off in favour of something different. Yes, it is a much more... Real-time. Real-time battle. Sort kind of, of a fluidy thing. Yeah, exactly. The Devil yeah. May Cry. Kind of like... Slashy, slashy kind of. Slashy, slashy, combo-y, spammy. Yeah, well, spam. it has, obviously has a lot more depth than yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, of course. But so does Devil May Cry, right? You don't, you, I mean, you can just spam it if you want. And yeah. Then, um, but... Honestly, I, I, I think I prefer it this way. Don't get me wrong, I'm a huge Final Fantasy fan. Final Fantasy VII is probably still, although it's dripping with nostalgia bias, my favourite game ever. But if I was to go back and play those games now, you... I think the, the active time battle mechanic would just annoy the hell out of me because I don't have the time to invest in those battles. In fact, I remember as a kid playing them, you know, grinding your levels by doing the same battles over and over yeah. again. Even then it was annoying. So now when I've got even less time to play games, yes, it's it's a nightmare. So, so what you're effectively saying is, ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. But I do have time for this new uh, battle system. I, I like it. I enjoy it. It makes it, it just yeah. makes you feel a little bit more invested in the battle. And I think that's only a good thing. Yeah. I suppose if it was like true turn based, like XCOM, for example, mm -hmm. that has the advantage of where you can go, oh, well, I can I can stop at any point. I can just stop and nothing will happen. And I can go away. I can go away for six weeks on a trip around the world. You could go skiing. You could go on a race around the world in around 80 the days. In 60 days? No, six using weeks. Using old primitive forms of transport. You could go on a thing and you could come back and you could start up your game exactly where you were and nothing would have changed. And so perhaps that active time thing where you are forced to wait and then you take an action and then mm. you wait again and you're forced to wait. And in the meantime, the enemies, if you went away for six weeks, you'd be long dead. Oh, you'd be long dead. You would be dead. Dead, dead, Just like dead. you nearly were when I left you in this exactly. studio. Exactly. Yeah, I, I genuinely think that Final Fantasy has moved forward progressively. Is it still totally ridiculous and over the top and absurd? Yeah, like, of course it is. The worlds of Final Fantasy are, all, are always sort of incredibly well realised, but also totally baffling in a way. Yeah, and... and I mean, I love and, that. I love that weirdness of, of it. I think, that, I mean, I was talking to a friend about Final Fantasy XV and, and we're talking about how we both, were both enjoying it. And at one point we both agreed that it's it's a hugely flawed game. But I think Final Fantasy games, that very fundamental flaw is intrinsic to the world that it creates. It's like, what, this is the new Final Fantasy game. See our new flaws. Yeah, uh, basically. Yeah. And what I wouldn't want what it to is be problematic with this game? Well, I'll tell you what. Some of these things are annoying. I, don't so, know. I haven't played it. The last Final Fantasy game I played was Final Fantasy VI. So, which uh, is a perfect game. It's an absolutely superb game. A gem. So yeah, those are my thoughts on Final Fantasy yeah. XV. Gus, have you been playing anything that's that's current? Because right yes. now we sound like we... Yes, I have. I've been playing For Honor. For Honor! Oh dear. I yes. Know. I imagine that's yeah, I think you might have broken the other. <laughs> it's more like, for honor! Okay. You've got to be gravelier than that. Is that what you do when you charge into battle? That's what I do. If I'm I was playing for honor, I wouldn't just charge around every time I went in to attack someone. Yeah. Scream, for honor! Yes, you could, you would do, they would fit right in if you did that. Well, Pe people me... don't do this. I usually mute everybody. Okay. You know, because. Yeah. Talking to people online that you don't know. Well, yeah, Bob exactly. <laughs> 
barbaric, which is appropriate because you can be barbaric in it. So go on, tell, tell me about Foronigus. Foronigus is a, on the face of it, is a 4v4 sword em up. I know what it is. Oh, well, you didn't say that. I'm not, it's not for you, it's for the listeners. Okay. Four, it okay. looks like a, oh, you've ruined my train of thought. It looks, what I'm saying is it looks like a 4v4 or a 1v1 sword em up, like a hack and slasher. No, it's not. Let's start again. Gus, tell me about Foronigus. Forona looks like, uh, you know, PvP... Slash him, slash him up, but it's not. Okay, it's not. It's way more thoughtful and measured. It's kind of like a fighting game, a beat 'em up, but with various different, you know, additions to it. So it has this really, really in-depth and quite complicated uh, combat system. That's just well, I'm going to say this, and I might get shouted at for it because people always complain about it. But it's really well balanced. So every hero has a bunch of different abilities, a bunch of skills that are fundamentally variants on chopping people, hitting people, or pushing people, sometimes stabbing them. You know, the kind of usual things you do when you've got a sword. But everything is balanced. There's bigger, faster characters, slower characters, big, small characters, all different strategies and approaches. And when you're going head-to-head with somebody, if you just play in the head-to-head mode, or even while you're out and about in a big brawl, you, you're looking at who you're up against, and trying to think about how they're going to attack you, how you're going to deal with them. I mean, I've never been into fighting games at all. I'm really bad at them. But this one has enough of a reduced pace, and it's kind of thoughtful. It it does bring to mind a little bit of Dark Souls, combat-wise, but I think on a PvP basis, it's better than that, because it's designed for PvP, straight up. Dark Souls combat against enemies is super great, super fun, and they're managing all your stamina, doing all that shebang, Superb. Well, I was going to say, like, the thing with For Honor is, I think, to look at it, just to look at screenshots, to look at gameplay, it, it would be quite reductive to say, oh, it's just Dark Souls PvP. Yeah, you could. Or you could be like, it's just Battlefield with swords. Because mm. there is a game mode that's bigger, it's got, like, AI minions on it, you know, that you can chop up, like in Titanfall, you know, you kill the chumps and they're easy to deal with. Mm-hmm. So it's got, it, it looks like that. And actually, it's not like that at all. It's okay. more about, like, you know, maybe the, the 4v4 mode with all the enemies in and capturing the points is a bit like that because you'll more than likely be trying to kill somebody, having a bit of a fight, and then one of their mates will come along and just charge you off a ledge and you'll be like... <sighs> but before he does it, will he go, Farana? Well, no, because then you'll know he's coming. Uh, okay. And so he's sneaking up and he's just going to charge you off a bridge or a ledge or into a spike pit or into some fire. But I'm really, really enjoying it, and I think it's got a lot of um, a lot of life in it. So I. So you about, don't think about... this is one of those games that you're going to play for a month and then just go, uh, you know what? I don't think so because it's it's deeply, deeply satisfying to get good. Are there a lot of users? I suppose at this yeah, early stage. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it, at the moment, I, it's got a really, really big problem with connectivity. Okay. It's a big Ubisoft a release massive company massive amounts of resources and they've gone for p2p connectivity so you never know what someone's internet connection is going to be like yeah you get disconnected through nat settings you get disconnected for other people's nat settings somebody joins the game you get disconnected somebody leaves the game get disconnected you join the game get disconnected you know i've seen more error messages than I've seen actual games, I think, which is an absolute bummer because I really, really, really want to play it. Age, yeah. I really want to play it. And I've sat like queuing for games like 
game after game after game and it would it would either not connect to the game and you'd get kicked back to the menu before you join or you'd join and it would hang on the loading screen you'd have to quit to dash or you'd get into the game and I'd run 10 metres and then get disconnected it, it's very frustrating given that we, we pay for a service yeah, but I think the thing is, the service, it's not Xbox Live that's the problem. It's Ubisoft's matchmaking system. Well, I know what I'm saying problem. is why the, the fact that Ubisoft have used that system seems to yeah. be an ill-informed decision, So shall we yes. say. I mean, they have their reasons for it. They're talking about it's not necessarily about stability, but security. And also the fact they don't have to run all these servers. And like, well, what happens if we run all these servers, then they can get DDoSed and then nobody can play. Hmm. So that's their argument, and I think PTP probably can work, but they got sort of their issue. out. They got to sort it out. It's an it's, issue. Yeah, because it's such a good game. I really want to play it, and I want to get out there and smash people with a big bomby knocker as a big fat samurai, or poke them with a pointy stick as a small samurai lady. They all apparently, just sound like sexual euphemisms to me. Apparently, you can be like Vikings and knights, but I'm well, I'm not asked by yeah. any of them. Samurai for forever. Samurai for unified for Japan, life, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, um, so great. that's for honor. That's for honor. Great I'm, game. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait and see. I'm gonna probably wait until price drop. Well, it'll probably come. Uh, oh no, it, it will come on a long enough timeline. Yes, yeah. the they key, all go down. The key thing is, for honor has a place for the bull elephant. I am a bull elephant, and so <laughs> you can embrace the bull elephant. Has. Uh, yeah, you know, a mechanism that will allow me to. Yeah. Well, you need to get you need to get over to someone's house who's got it and give it a bash and yeah, and no, see I what will. you think. I will. It did looked, you play the, Did good. you play the beta or not? I downloaded the beta twice and didn't play it either times, and that good to work. me, I don't know. It just it, it it was hard to get excited about it. I don't know why, because it's it, it's like we were saying earlier. It's offering a fresh take on what is essentially a tried and tested. Multiplayer yeah, yeah, they would have taken kind of like two of them and smushed them together because mm. in the game modes, there's like your one v one head to head duels. And there's like two v twos, four v fours, and then there's like this other game mode where you're capturing points and there's little minions on the ground and you can help out your little weedy soldiers who are crappy and they fight each other in the middle of it. So it's got a little bit of mobile element in it, in it as well that they seem to have taken. And that's a totally different ball game from the other one where you're trying to be careful and mm. and just it's you versus a guy or you versus two other guys. Uh, the story is garbage. Uh, I was going to say, well... Well, the, it has a single player. Segwaying, which, how which is the f- campaign? Well, my perspective... Given campaign, that you can't play any multiplayer games because it's... <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the, the campaign sort of, I suppose, works like an extended tutorial. It introduces you to a character, gives you gives you like an overview of what that character can do, and then you know you'll play that character for a couple of missions or a mission, and then you move on to a different one. Mm-hmm. So that's quite good, uh, and it lets you practice the you know the combat system, which is pretty punishing against the bots, the AI. How the are bots, the AI bots? They are very very good. Okay, well that's good. Um, they on certainly on head to heads because they know everything, they know all the moves, they have infinitely fast reactions. But the clever thing is, what they seem to have done is they've programmed the lower level bots to have deliberate mistakes. So they'll, they've programmed to have make bad decisions yeah, yeah, yeah. in it and leave give you that opportunity, like a bad player might. Hmm. You know, a good player is going to make fewer mistakes and it's going to be more harder. But it seems to be like the bots are are pretty pretty good. That's good because I remember I remember when Street Fighter Five was released and the servers just didn't work. Yeah, and so most people had to to make do with some single player. And the the AI was so horrifically bad 
on any level, on yeah. easy, medium, hard, they were all terrible. So, you know what? Yeah. Good bot difficulty. That's, yeah. that's good The other great eyes. thing about the bots is instead of it just being called bot one or like warden bot or raider bot, they all have like Lady a game attack. 18. Yeah, yeah. Like, like uh, 420 blaze it 69 Deep XX. Purple Deep for Purple life. for life. Exactly. All that kind of thing. They've all got these... These great names and they spam emotes and stuff. And oh, they'll, nice. They'll push you off the cliff and they'll make fun of you. Okay. Uh, and they'll, they don't quite teabag you, but they would if they could. Well, they're a bunch of bastards. If anyone from Ubisoft is listening, make that shit happen. That we need the, the, no, the bot teabagging. No, patch. wait. If anybody from Ubisoft is listening, fix the connectivity first, then muck about with the bots. I, That's what I, I, would, I would argue that the, the bot teabagging element might be more important, but hey, that's just me. So what? So that's what, for honor. Yeah. What have you got that's new? New stuff. What's new stuff? New stuff. Tell you what I did do this you, weekend. You went somewhere. I went to that Nintendo Switch event. The uh, Nintendo. The Switcheroo. The Switcheroo. Uh, Nintendo have been having events across the country where they get to showcase what this new console of theirs is all about. And so I went along on Sunday and and saw what this new console was all about. And uh, I'm going to tell you about that. What is it all about? Right now. Okay. So the Switch. Right, let me. Okay, I, I'm not following it really because I'm not a Nintendo fanboy. I don't have the money to buy one, even if I wanted to. Okay, so um, so you're not a Nintendo fanboy, but are you at least? Has your interest been peaked? At yeah, all? of course it has. Yeah, yeah. It's like a you know Nintendo are always coming out with something mental when it comes to uh, games consoles. They they're steadfast innovators, even if their ideas aren't that good. Yeah, they uh... will stick to their guns and they'll continue to do that. But. Here's what I know. It's a hybrid console. It's a handheld. It's a console that has a stand that goes in. The controllers are teeny, teeny, tiny. Yes, and they could are. easily be lost. Uh, you can carry it about with you on the bus with them attached to the sides of it. If you wanted to, you could and do that. What concerns me, though, is that it's going to be the battery life when you're playing it. Because it's a powerful console, right? It's <laughs> this is the thing. It's a powerful handheld. It's not a powerful home console. Okay, so a powerful handheld that for me says Game Gear levels of battery life. You know, you're gonna get by the time you've got onto the bus and you've been sitting at the bus stop for ten minutes. Time is like ah, I've got a half an hour bus train journey. Gonna play me some Zelda. No, sorry, ten percent battery left. You're Could gonna have to carry around blocks car batteries to plug it into like you did in the days of the game gear i had a game gear and i earned my this is why i'm as strong as i am because to carry around batteries for my game gear all that all that time it sounds to me like you've been burned badly by the game gear <laughs> badly burned by bad batteries yeah, yes okay. I have. well i can't Not speak... literally burned no that would be uh game gear was an tragic. amazing oh the game gear was uh was, was a great great handheld console don't get me wrong but yes blighted by by terrible battery yeah. life well i can't speak about the nintendo's which because we don't know because i don't know uh we, we we didn't we weren't briefed about how long the battery on it lasted when portable but i did have a go of the it, portable well, unit. one thing i will say i do think it is exciting and interesting and i would definitely like to have a go on one and also party games if there's a wario party a wario wear on that i yeah. will go to somebody who owns its house and play that game okay well, yeah, that's that's. That, I think that's a, a pretty ringing you know, endorsement. Ringing endorsement from our one and only Gus Fu. I I enjoyed my time with the console. What did you play? I played. They didn't have that many games available, which is worrying. Okay, Wait, first are of all, there any games available? First How of all, many are there? I'll tell you, the, the good is the console looks good when it's in portable mode. 
and it looks fairly good when it's playing its role as a home console. It's it it it's a full HD console, isn't it? It's not, but it's, it's not like I mean, like the well, the Xbox One, which is a, a it's dedicated a, home console, doesn't even do that. It's not so. as powerful as the Xbox One or the PlayStation Four. Is it as powerful as an Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty? Uh, yeah, I would imagine so. I need to look at the specs. I don't know. I don't, I'm gonna look like the least qualified video game podcast host by saying I don't know the specs but I don't know the specs let's just say that well, they have not been released they've not been released yeah let's let's go with that we'll edit that let's save it out and then yeah and they've not been released yeah we, nobody knows not even Nintendo so I played Zelda and, and Zelda looks fantastic yes and plays fantastic like I, I completely understand why they are using it as their sole reason for buying the Switch on day one seems to be Zelda. Like they've gone all in on the promotional. Well, the thing is, what other console has had a day one, a release day game that's gone? I need to play that game, and therefore I need to buy that console. Nothing. No, no there wasn't. One. PlayStation Four didn't come out with anything massive. Not that I can think of. The no. Xbox One didn't come out with anything particularly good. I don't think. No, but they did have a selection of games that were at least decent enough that you thought, okay, the 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 big games that are coming. Whereas yeah. the Switch, so Zelda, yes, I'm all in. Like I played it. It's great. The combat's nuanced and satisfying. How long is it going to last? That's the thing. It's open world, right? It's open world. It's an open world one. So is it going to be like a gigantic Skyrim-style time sink where you're going to be like 200 hours in and you're like still doing stuff? I think I still think still collecting it has mushrooms. The capacity to be a huge still game. Still smashing pots. I was talking to one of the the event guys and they were saying that the the little bit of the game that we got to play was like two percent of the the world map. Yeah. So it's it's admittedly it's a big game, and that's a good thing because given the apparent lack of other titles, this is the game that people are going to be playing for a long time. This is this is my big worry of the console. It only had one other game there to play, that wasn't a party game. Yeah. That's going to be a launch title, and that was Arms, and that was. Oh, that's that like shocking. punching. Yeah. Punching it, it, it just it, it was the worst of the Wii and the Wii U to me. Just gimmicky movement control rubbish. Yeah, that has so little depth. I mean, it has. It's almost like they've recognised that. Yes, it's like motion control games are very shallow by their very nature. It's so like let's add a bit of depth, and there was just the the smallest amount of. You're saying they shouldn't have bothered. Basically, they should have just gone Wii Boxing too. Effectively, that because Wii Boxing was was a great motion game. Yeah, I know. Hard it, work. It, it, I mean, back in the day when the Wii was exciting and new and interesting. And... It was, but it wasn't the kind of game that you'd get out and play over and over again. It was, no, the, it no. was a novelty game, which yeah. is, for me, all motion control games are novelty games. I um, don't want to play any motion control games. I don't want to talk to uh, my games console. I don't want to wave at my games console. I don't want to gesticulate at my games console. I want to use a controller in, in my hands. Well, apparently you can do that. We couldn't do that uh, during a demonstration. But you can do that with this game. But, it also but I don't think like... you want to because yeah. it's so just superficially. It, it's just a dirt game, and it worries me that that's the only other so far original and new IP yeah. that they've. Because there's quite a launch. few like um, versions of existing games proposed well, for it. Well, that's the other thing. So the other... new Mar- Mario Kart Eight, for example, on there, so, so... which is a amazing game Mario Kart 8 was there and everyone loved it I loved it it was great but it's Mario Kart 8 we yeah. already know it's an amazing game it's just a port yeah yeah and that that to me is worrying and that's not even out that, that should be ready for launch it's a port they're not releasing that till April you know when got, is the Switch launched it's in about 10 days early maybe? March early March. March yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Dead of March. They had they had Splatoon two there, and again, really great game, really a lot of fun. You know, it's it's the FPS, but Nintendo fired. Nothing new, is it though? But it's it, it's nothing new. It, it's not a new IP, and it, it's great and it's fun. That's not even ready until spring sometime. And again, I think that's ready to go, or at least very close to it. But Nintendo... Have they been... Do you think that's Nintendo doing that? Or do you think that's the developers? Or have Nintendo been mucking about with the innards of it to changing it up, changing up the specs of it? What can it do? Changing the operating system, just tweaking it a little bit. And so they've built the game and they've gone, oh, actually... We got we've we've changed the hardware now. You might need to just check it, and we've, we've done something crazy like change the architecture, and they've gone. Oh, you need to make that whole game again. A I don't I don't think it's anything that complicated. I think it's literally a case of Nintendo are looking at the slate for the rest of the year. Yeah, and we're like, we've not got a lot of games to release. We've not got a lot of really good quality games, new games that yeah. we can release. So let's drip feed this very small pool of good titles that we know yeah. we have. Um, so we can't offer them at launch. And so in that regard, you get this really weird scenario where, you know, a port of a title from last generation isn't released at launch. It's released in April. And yeah, yeah you know, you've got this really, really barren release schedule of games yeah. that... Because the problem is, new hardware, particularly something like the Switch, which is a bit out there, our developers are going to take the time, are going to say, yeah, I'm going to get on board with that and I'm going to invent. Our third-party developer is going to go out there and say, yeah, I'll develop for that. We've got an idea. We'll do something. We can use what the Switch does that's different about it. I, are they going to do that? Who knows? I, don't know. I, I, I genuinely think Nintendo needs to move away from the motion control gimmicky aspects. Motion control is a bunch of bullshit. You don't need to tell me, but I mean, again, it's. I think it just bloats and confuses the gamer base. That's the problem. Yeah. You know, are you making a console for casuals? If so, go all filthy in. Filthy casuals. Yeah, the, those filthy, filthy casuals. That's why you know, the, you know, ultimately the Wii sold a gazillion units because that's what it went because for. Because grandma it like. wanted it. Exactly, but you can't repeat that trick twice. No, you can't. And and I feel like that's what they're trying to do almost yeah. with the Switch. I just think they should move away from the motion control nonsense. It's it's fun, but it's lightweight fun. So are um, those little teeny tiny controllers, are they motion wavy things? Yes, they are. Oh, they're, they're, they're all, I mean, and it's very impressive technology. Like there's a game that I played called uh, Catchily, the, the ball game. Nice. And you move around your little one half of the pad and you have to guess the amount of balls that are in a virtual box. Yeah. And it's amazing. You can, you know, you, you tilt it around. Is it haptic feels... feedback? I like think little it is. shaking yes, vibrations it is. and stuff. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, it is cool. And well, I was like, oh, that's this is like really a thing cool. that you go, that's cool. You, you don't want to play it again, right? I, I played it for two minutes and I was like, that's really, that's 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 neat. I have no inclination to play it ever again. You don't think, oh, I just want to figure out how many balls are in that bag. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you're. Sure, I feel a ball bag. That's what if you it was do, Christmas and I was trying to get you know my mum or big sister yeah to have a, a go at some neat technology i might use it again then but yeah. apart from that i have no interest in it and i i just think it's just think it's gimmicky bad. nonsense gimmicky nonsense it's, probably a, exactly. it's a waste of resources both developing it and running it mm. and you know creating things for it it's, it seems like you'd be better off spending that expertise and that that time, um, that time, that and those, that, yeah, those person hours, developing stuff for it, creating things, do something better. I just think Nintendo need to remember why they became the powerhouse that they are, and they did that by making really good games that weren't always, you know, reinventing the wheel in terms of gaming innovation. Mm. They were just really good story-driven games. Yeah, but or even like 
mechanically super, super solid games, mm. like Mario 64. The story in that's Mario. It's the same story. Go and find the princess. Collect the stars. Go and find the princess. It's a simple story, beat up but Bowser. But, like, just the mechanics of it were so sublime. It was innovation like, in the right context. Yeah. It was, it okay, was taking that this. 3D, fully 3D world for the first time and just, like, giving you that analog stick. Yeah, it on was that weird ass controller that they created, and they did it so well. I, I think they need to get back to that. I think they need to get back into the business of making just really fun games. I mean, Splatoon Two, Splatoon is a really good example of Nintendo creating a new IP mm-hmm. yeah. and making a really good game that yeah. stands on its own two feet. Yeah, I played Splatoon. It's a really good it's game. A, it's super fun. I, I think Nintendo need to do more of that. They need to make new products. So they need to like Nintendify existing things this is what they did with with Splatoon right they took shooter game you know, yeah. arena shooter and they they Nintendo fight it. yeah exactly it was, and it was great it's fun and I, and I can get behind that and I enjoy that what I don't enjoy is them just making these weird faddy yeah that's the thing faddy I think is the problem if, it, if you do something that's weird and new and you're like oh this is game changer great but if you do something you're like yeah it's like connect there's a bunch of Bunch of bullshit. It is. It, I mean, I understand why. I, I get it. I understand why they're making these things because it's breaking new ground and you have to break new ground. That's how you draw people in. But at the same time, I think if if you can't get the developers on board with the technology that you're trying to sell, yeah. if they're not buying it, then well, what is the nothing. point? Yeah. So, um, so well, yeah, anyway. That was, my, that was my impression of Nintendo Switch. Also, if you want to see some video coverage of the event, you can go on to a... The Deft Punk on YouTube. I've got a little video up there for you to get a few more Nintendo frills from. So check that out, kids. Nintendo it. Nice. Thanks. Is that it? Is that, yeah. What, are we on 45 minutes? I reckon that's a, yeah. a decent running time. Do you want to talk about VR at all? We need to save something. Keep keep a little bit keep in the Keep a little bit back. A little bit. A little Tease bit. them. Just Tease it out. Yeah, exactly. All right. Next time we'll talk about VR. Next time we'll talk Because VR. you've had a fairly recent VR experience, right? Yes. Okay. So there we go. And that's, we can talk about, that's we can, not my game. We can talk about my previous VR experience and... Uh, and then we can it. share our we collective, can share VR, our collective experiences. VR experiences um, and you can do it too by getting on the VR mode on the Deft Punk YouTube you can't do that no one Not day yet. maybe you can maybe one day cuz maybe one day maybe one day so right. that's it let's get you a for, sandwich yeah I am starving thanks for listening and we'll see you all soon <laughs>